0: Hey Travelers, just stopping by to let you know that this episode that you are about to listen to is one of our older ones, and we were going through some growing pains at this time. But if you would like to start from where we consider our newest era of quality, I would go ahead and jump to episode 54, The American Bigfoot. Either way, enjoy Travelers. On December 17th, 1989, the very first full-length 30-minute episode of The Simpsons aired on the Fox Television Network an animated sitcom about a dysfunctional American family never looked back. At the time of this recording, there are 703 episodes spanning 32 seasons of hilarious antics that many people have enjoyed over the last 32 years. But, what if there is more to the story? Over the years, the show has predicted an unprecedented amount of historical events and technologies down to the tiniest of details leading many to think of the show or its creators as time travelers, or as some have called them, prophets. Today we dive into a few of these predictions and determine between ourselves if we believe Matt Groening is from another time in history, or if these are simply lucky guesses. Welcome back to Infinite Rabbit Hole. Welcome back to Infinite Rabbit Hole, everybody. I'm Jeremy. I'm your host, and I'd like to be the first to say welcome to season three. I am joined today by my co-host, Andrew and CJ. What's going on, guys?
1: What's happening?
0: Hey. Hey. Big things coming up in season three.
1: Yeah, me. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a big guy. Andrew's
0: a big guy. And And he on that come up. Yeah, got a big ass beard. And he does big things because he's a big guy, and he's on that come up. I don't know what that Um, means, but yes. Me neither. That too. Anyways, all jokes aside, welcome to season three. Today we're talking about Simpsons time travel. We're going to blow it up because this one is going to go crazy. Um, Before we introduce our guest for the day, I just want to put out a little bit of information. We have some new contact information for you guys and some new ways for you to follow us. So we had to change our Twitter handle. And our Instagram handle to infinite RH pod. So feel free, please, to look us up on Instagram and Twitter and follow us. Twitter is still the same page, but Instagram, we had to create an entirely new page. Um, so if you were following us on Instagram that we did absolutely nothing on, please take the time to go ahead and look for us again. Uh, we are kind of highlighting Instagram as a new way of interacting with the fans this year. Uh, and we do plan on being a lot more active with that platform. Uh, if you haven't before, please take a take a minute to either go to PodChaser or iTunes and leave us a comment or a review or rating. Um, it really helps out the show and helps us really know what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong. That's all. That's all the really boring stuff. Now let's get into the more exciting things. Andrew has a pretty awesome announcement for everybody. So I'm going to let Andrew take it from here.
1: Uh, yes. Hello, everyone. Um, I just want to announce for season three, we are stepping our game up and going a little bit big and better in that sense to the point that we are opening up uh Patreon. And with that Patreon, um, we are actually adding uh, some behind the scenes stuff. Uh, what we are going to have bonus contact, uh, content, which is called, uh, bottom of the hole episodes. Uh, so you can hear us to have shorter episodes, more fun episodes, uh, about topics, um, some early access to episodes themselves earlier, uh, available and, uh, monthly, um, uh, Q&A, questions and answers, and exclusive voting power on uh, episodes. So uh, if that all entices you, uh, you can check us out at patreon.com slash infinite rabbit hole.
0: Awesome. And that is open. So anybody listening to this episode of Infinite Rabbit Hole right now can go on to our Patreon and sign up and become a patron of the show. Uh, Just kind of build a little bit onto that bottom of the hole conversation so part of the bottom of the whole conversations is going to be additional content from the episode that you're listening to right now so if you want to hear us continue the conversation on the simpsons time travel conspiracy head on over to patreon and sign up for one of our tiers we have three tiers um you can either be a jackalope bigfoot or kraken depending on how big you want to go and uh we will be hey you know what it worked so take that cj we plan on adding things uh gradually to patreon so what you see there won't necessarily be all that you get for the the tier that you're that you buy um but it will be the minimum that you will get so if you sign up for the jackalope tier which is our two dollar tier as of right now you get bonus content and a, a shout out during our episodes um but somewhere down the road that tier could eventually be a little bit more. So hang tight. That's what we're offering for right now, but that may not be all that you get uh, coming along with the Patreon, We also have a discord server that we're working on getting up uh, CJ. You're, you're getting that together for us, correct?
2: No, Andrew's doing that.
0: I'm coding the webpage. That's right. CJ is working on our webpage. So that's something that we have coming up to uh, hang tight for further information coming on about the website uh but andrew's getting a discord together that's also going to be fed into the patreon patreon how we're going to do a lot of our live feeds and our q a's and stuff
2: you'll be able to access it though like it's not strictly for patreon users just there will be a patreon specific section of the discord where you're able to access additional content that we release such as the things that we delete uh that cj says on the microphone that he's not supposed to
0: exactly so Anybody can sign up for the discord. We'll, we'll be there to interact with you guys occasionally. I mean, obviously we can't spend 24 seven there, but you know, we will spend a lot of our time on there. And of course there's going to be some places that are blocked off for the patrons only, uh, where we'll probably spend or not probably, but we're going to spend a little bit more time there and put a lot of our stuff. So you'll get, uh, access to like our show notes, uh bloopers, the the stupid shit the CJ says all the time.
2: <laughs> and it's not stupid, it is solid gold. It's just not appropriate.
0: Exactly. Okay. You're right. But other than that, I think I've talked everybody's ear off enough. Let's go ahead and jump into this season premiere episode of Infinite Rabbit Hole. But first, before we do that, I need to introduce our guest. And our guest is...
2: I want to introduce him. I saw him
0: first. All right. I'm going to back off from this. I'm going to let CJ take this because CJ has hurt feelings right now.
2: I do. I feel type. I'm in my bag over this mess. Coming in from the Unexplained Inc. podcast, we got Phil with us today, who discusses everything from esoteric to somewhat conspiracy. And he does things like case studies and whatnot. It's all super interesting. He was my friend first and not Jeremy's and yeah we got him today on there say hi phil what's up man
3: well hello cj uh and that is phantom phil to be correct that's how phantom i go by, uh, that's right my name on unexplained
0: in my introduction i was going to introduce him as phantom phil just wanted to put that out there
3: guys calm down no need to fight i feel the love from all sides thank you very much Jeremy, CJ, it's good to be with you guys. And Andrew, uh, this is the first time we've connected in quite some time, so it's good to have you back. Um, In the past, I did collaborations with Infinite Rabbit Hole and your guys' old show, Crypto Technical, so it's really Mm -hmm. cool that we've all merged together and that um, we're doing this all under one roof now. It should be fun.
0: Yeah, speaking of... Uh we just let out during our fan appreciation episode which came out 2 weeks ago that we're forming the Void Podcast Network and Phil your podcast is going to be a part of that right Oh 100% Cool cool Phil you're working on a trailer for the Void Podcast Network right When uh do you have like a ETA when that's going to be
3: available Um the ETA will probably the first or second weekend of june because i am also doing a guest blog on a major spiritual website as well which um i want to take that form and mention the early announcements of the void podcast network as well so it's going to depend on when i get one or the other done first but uh it'll be up i think uh like right around this time i believe Ooh.
2: Can you tell us what show you're going to be on or is that uh, – because I'd like to listen to that if possible, but unless it's like proprietary information right now.
3: It's a blog, right? No, no, it's not Um, it's not a, a podcast. It's just a, I'm a guest blogger on a spiritual website known as myspiritualshenanigans.blog, and um, they have all sorts of topics uh, under the spiritual metaphysical realm. I'm in my very novice early training stages of uh, shamanism right now, and I am blogging about the not so much the details, but the major aspects of my journey as I complete each stage of training from the prospect or the perspective, excuse me, of a novice.
0: Right on. I'm stoked for that. So that's going to be out by the time this episode comes out, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, That my first entry will be on my spiritual shenanigans.blog right now, and the second one should be up uh, sometime mid to late July, hopefully. Fantastic, can't wait.
2: So are you doing like an initiation process with shamanism, or is it like a broad-spectrum education?
3: It's like a broad-spectrum education, which offers certification at each level. That brings in, oh. um, so you need to do one in order to gain the other and so forth.
0: That's very cool, very cool. Yeah. Right on. So you guys ready to jump into some Simpsons uh, time travel facts? Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's do it. Let's get some initial thoughts from everybody. I mean, Simpsons, right? They've been around forever, since 1989, December 17th in 1989. I mean, this show is almost as old as I am. And I love the, the joke. I think, what was it? The South Park did uh where they're trying to come up with new episodes in the episode itself and they keep getting hit with the simpsons did it right they've been along so long so long that everything that could be possibly done under the sun when it comes to animated comedy it's been done by the simpsons our initial thoughts before we get into all this evidence and everything what do you guys think do you think it it is strictly just they've been around for so long that they're just happened to get some things right. Or do you think that there might be something behind all this?
1: So I'll, I'll take a shot at first. Like there, there's a theory um called the infinite monkey theory or theorem, right? Where if you put a bunch of monkeys or infinite amount of monkeys in front of a keyboard, eventually they would write the works of uh, William Shakespeare. Right. Yeah. Uh, so The fact that there are 700 plus episodes of this show uh, and the fact I think they just got renewed for like season 33 and 34. So there's going to be two more uh, seasons into the current season uh, for it uh, as of when this episode came out. So the I feel like at a certain point to not be stale, they would have to start uh, throwing things out there, right? Uh, and uh, I can see just so there's not repetition and they've been around and survived. Like having stuff like this could be a possibility.
0: I I get you. So Phil, what do you think? man?
3: Uh, Just a couple of things. Um, Generally speaking, I'm a big believer that number one, things don't show up or happen by accident. Like I think there's intent behind everything we see. And The more I dig, the more I believe that there's hidden symbolism, messaging, and programming within all sorts of content, and that includes a very long-running show like The Simpsons. And even though The Simpsons is animated, uh, very few programs that have lasted a long time in television have touched people across the world in all walks of life and have touched upon very basic themes of just, you know, living. And before we move on, there's just a couple of quick things I want to bring up is um, very recently on Unexplained Inc. I did an episode on the Hollow Earth and in the outro of that show, I mentioned how in season 11 of The Simpsons, there's an episode where Homer falls down a manhole and goes down Mm -hmm. all these subterranean levels and alludes to the Hollow Earth. And the reason I say this now is it has absolutely nothing to do with the episode. And it's a very awkward, confusing moment, but I don't believe it was thrown in there by accident. And the last thing I just want to say is the microcosm of uh, talking about conspiracies or researching them actually gets brought up in a classic Simpsons episode called Lisa, the iconoclast. And if you guys remember, that's the one where, they're celebrating like the Heritage Day for Jebediah Springfield and talking about what a wonderful person the founder of the town was. And Lisa stumbles upon some hidden history and realizes he was actually an awful person. And this whole myth about him is a lie. And to me, that is like the crux of researching conspiracies and alternative theories, which is what we're going to do today. So I just wanted to say that I strongly believe something might be going on because we have a couple of small examples of things that are kind of hidden in plain sight there. So,
1: yeah, he was a pirate, I think with the silver tongue. Yeah. Yeah. Like a buff, buff pirate, like super buff. And he had like a fight with, uh, uh, what was it? George Washington, but he had like a silver, not like a, uh, you play on words silver tongue like a legit
0: real silver tongue <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right cj what do you think
2: well you know usually i'm like the the esoteric guy on the show right i'm all into the and uh, the, into the woo and initially when when i first started looking into this I was really excited um because it, it brings in a lot of concept of a lot of people want to call it prophecy um and uh it, for, for me it, it would have been a form of divination um well some people call it like auto writing, you know, or auto scribing and things like that. It's basically when you start writing and whatever comes out, comes out. And it's a form of divination to predict the future and whatnot. Right. And I was kind of uh, excited because in a way I thought this was going to be like some sort of like, like auto writing. Like these guys are, are putting things down and their, their intuition is and their third eye is wide open and they're doing stuff. And maybe they don't even realize it. Further into my research and a lot of the concepts that I saw really led me to believe that what we have on our hands here are some ridiculously intelligent men um, who are extremely funny in a natural sense, and they're using a sort of passive cold reading where they're basically putting stuff out there using obscure facts and information to make jokes and allowing audiences to interpret that at their own will. And then those audiences are saying those things and they're just letting them have it. Cause we're talking about a cartoon that's been running for, you know, over what 30 years at this point, something like that. Yeah. And you know, to have something going that long and to be that old, you need people to keep talking about it. So when something like this happens, that's like getting handed the the, the key to the city. So I I honestly believe that we're not experiencing any form of divination here. We're not experiencing any form of prophecy. And we we, we just have a couple of of people who are wildly intelligent and really know how to make some very good business moves.
0: Now, I am completely opposite. I know I, I have to bite my tongue here and beat my own ass because... In our time travel episode in season two, I went on the record of saying that I do not believe in backwards time travel. But after doing this research, I was also very excited to do it. But after doing this research, I I don't know. I I, I can't see any reason how they can't be. How there can't be somebody among the, the the cast of writers for this show, whether it be Matt Groening or somebody else in, in this group that has some kind of window into the future. At least I don't know either. One of them is a one of all or all of them are time travelers and they're coming back and they're creating this amazing show. And they said, you, you know what we're going to do if we go back in time, we're going to create an animated show because why not? We, you know, it's an awesome thing to do and we're going to put little hints about the future into it, you know, or, one of them has a form of a chronovisor, which is a tool that supposedly the Vatican has where they can see into the future Um, where, you know, that's, it's like, I don't know exactly what it looks like or anything, but I would assume it looked like either like a, like a crystal ball or something where you can, you know, see events that happen into the future. One of those has to be true in, in my opinion, with all the stuff that I heard, but CJ, I am very excited to see what you have uh, because this is kind of, Not only is this a cool concept that the writers of The Simpsons could possibly be time travelers, but it's also scary because uh, I know Andrew said that he has some pretty cool stuff about future predictions that might
3: come true, um, but
0: we'll get into that later.
3: Yeah, so Jeremy, before we get into the examples, and I just want to give you a little tease right now, I have some pretty wild theories I found on the background of Matt Groening and connected groaning, graining, however you say it, and connected some of my own dots. We'll get back to that after the examples, because uh, between all of us, we have plenty. But I just wanted to say, so Jeremy, you're a believer. You don't believe in backwards time travel, but you do believe that there's ways to get into a potential future outcome or see the future from the present. And this is coming from a guy who's personally had glimpses of the future in his sleep through psychic premonitions that I have little to no control over. So I just want to clarify that that's your stance on time travel itself.
0: So as I put out during the time travel episode that we did in season two, I believe that the only way to do backwards time travel is if time is actually looping and you go so Mm. far forward in time that you eventually go backwards in time due to coming to the end of the loop. And I, I still stick by that, but because of this, this whole Simpsons thing. If, if they're not doing that and they're simply just moving backwards in time, um, I I don't know. It, it, it's making me rethink a little bit and maybe making me want to do a little bit more research, maybe revisit the topic later on.
1: I am going to say it's funny you say that because there's another show that uh, Matt produces, which is called Futurama. And there is an episode where there is time travel in that, but the idea is you can only go forward. You cannot go back in time. So uh the vehicle they get in, there's a crazy scenario and they go forward uh to the point that everyone's dead. So the professor just says, why don't we'll just keep on going forward until the end of time. Yeah. The time then recycles and goes back and continues again. But uh, what happens is every time that cycle goes through, the world gets shifted like five feet down. Yeah. So everything
0: is like five feet lower. I just want to go on record saying that if anybody has not seen Futurama, you need to stop living this lie and go watch (laughs) this show. It is one of the best shows ever created by a human being. Just have a box of tissues
2: with you when you do.
0: Oh, man so you're gonna watch it and you're like oh man okay this is a pretty goofy show it's just like uh the simpsons a little bit different you know blah blah blah, blah. And then then out of nowhere on a left field you're gonna get hit with an episode that makes you cry and you'll be like what the fuck futurama but it's so good it's so good and that's another theory right is matt Groening, what if he created this as not only you know just a fun thing to do like a a fun project to do but what if he did this as a way of saying like hey this is you know some of this stuff is really what's going to happen in the future you know this is how physics actually works this is how this this actually works what if futurama isn't just a show what if this is something that we can look forward to you know many different races from from around the galaxy all coming together to live in you know live together and i mean (laughs) you know space uh shipping uh industry is is a huge thing you know just like amazon where you know you order something you want to get it to you sooner rather than later so they box it up and they send it off on the planet express and shoots off into alpha centauri and drops off a package for you in two days or less you know um what what if that is something that matt groaning is trying to tell you that this is what the future is going to be like It's
3: making me think, uh, Jeremy, what if it's life after disclosure, Mm, which might be coming up soon? (laughs) Well, who knows? But that's that's a big buzz talk right now, for sure. That's supposed to drop in June.
2: I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out how when we get into this, like my main my main number one argument for why I think it's nonsense, it has to go into the bottom of the hole. And I'm trying to figure out how uh, how I'm going to get around not talking about that. It's gonna be tough.
1: Uh well my my question though for you guys for uh, also for myself and our fans
0: what what do you mean by uh disclosure disclosure is um he's talking about when all the the information about alien life comes out or anything else really in that that matter um there's supposed to be a lot of information dropped in June dropped by uh, the U.S. government, particularly, mm-hmm. I believe the the Pentagon, about uh, UFOs and stuff, and there are a lot of people that are expecting for some information about alien life to be in in those documents.
1: Honestly, I thought that already happened because they're talking about how the British go out on their flight paths with, and just aliens are next to them, and they're just like, "Hey, what's up?"
2: Well, they see the UFOs, but they're not talking about exact life forms. I think what Jeremy saying is they're gonna
0: full on launch project bluebeam in june <laughs> no i i don't think that it has anything to do with project bluebeam well I, I mean i don't know it it might it might you're right it it might be a setup for project bluebeam it is but <laughs> i don't know man i don't i don't know i i, I don't know exactly how it came ar- around so anybody listening to this forgive me okay i didn't necessarily i wasn't ready for ufo talk during the simpsons but apparently trump signed in some form of executive order saying that the u.s government has to let go or has to get all this documentation ready to be released to the public in eight months time i think he did it in like uh what was it november you know right before he was uh voted out of the presidency and that pretty much lands on June. So in June, there's supposed to be really good information being dropped. And you're seeing a lot of this stuff start to leak out. Uh, I think his name is Jeremy Corbin has been talking hmm. about it a lot. If anybody wants to look him up, he's, he puts a lot of information out there. Anyways, sorry. Didn't mean to get off, there. It's a good thing because
1: that has something I want to talk about on our bonus episode as well.
0: Okay, cool, cool. All right. So you guys ready to get into some some really cool uh examples? Yeah. After 30 minutes of housekeeping, let's do it. Ah, CJ, you're a dick. I love it. <laughs> Anyways. So I came up with 25 of them. Okay. There was a lot more, but I just kept it at 25. Uh there is way more than 25 just for anybody listening, you know, so I, I, you know, I know people are going to be like, how, how'd you forget about this? How'd you forget about that? Listen, I'm not going to list off every single one of them I'm just going to sit here and dedicate an entire season to every single thing that the Simpsons got right. So I, I stuck with these, these 25. And then if you want to stay and meet us down in the bottom of the rabbit hole uh, for our bonus conversation, then we'll talk about a couple more, which, um, has to do with anything dealing with the presidency of the United States. So if anybody wants to hang around and and hear what Matt Groening and the Simpsons crew either got right about the presidency or has uh, predicted for the future of the presidency of the United States, head on over to Patreon, sign up, and you'll get instant access to our bonus content, bottom of the hole episode for infinite rabbit hole
2: and please do because i'm gonna knock a giant hole into all this time travel stuff
0: (laughs) what's up andrew
1: nothing i I just don't know how much we want to reveal on a bonus episode i like mystery but like it's cool
0: i i just want to entice them you know like yeah it's
1: true 100 percent, i agree he's just giving them the tip
0: yeah (laughs) yeah just the tip 15 or 20 if they're good <laughs> all right guys Here, here's a couple of them i got let's go with the first eight right now and then we'll stop and talk a little bit all right all right number one season six episode 19 in 1995 lisa talks to marge on what they call a picture phone but is clearly representing facetime which becomes available in 2010 number two Wait 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 can we can we, uh, before as we're going
2: down your list can we have a very brief discussion about each point uh, Sure. Just, just to keep consistency here because sure. this is a this is a really big one um Absolutely go for so, it dude So like when it comes to the whole picture phone aspect uh even since like the 70s and 80s uh before the internet was big and and uh, a household thing like uh, it wasn't even heard of. The biggest prediction in next step technology was the concept of a video phone. This was not a. a this was not like a. Macaroni came up with this idea on his own. It had been done several times over in the past uh, with different sci-fi uh, scenarios where they were just like, "Oh yeah, we go, We're going to be able to see each other on the telephone."
1: Not even sci-fi you also had detective dramas back in like the 30s or 40s or whatever with dick tracy dick tracy had the watch that uh, he could communicate through
2: right and look at the cartoon dragon ball they were doing uh, face and that, that came out before the simpsons now it was not released here in america before the simpsons but the cartoon dragon ball was created and aired in japan before the simpsons was a thing and they had people talking on a video phone so it's a, it's a very it's a very common thing like that was what people were saying like in the future we will see each other on the phone.
0: Right. I don't want to get this wrong because I don't know too much about Star Trek but I'm pretty sure Star Trek did that too. I just don't know how mm-hmm. old Star Trek was at the time. So I don't want to misquote anything. I'm not a Trekkie. Phil are you a Trekkie?
3: No, but they did have that technology on The Jetsons, which is a very old school oh. cartoon. Oh, and did, um yeah. Yeah. I just got to see in watch form too didn't they. They might have they might have yeah. in the
2: car. They had it in the car the little yeah. car thing mm-hmm. that they buzz around in.
3: Yeah. So just a couple of quick things before we continue here. First thing being is that um I think this is important to mention before we start going way down the list is that many people have made their own lists and their own compilation videos and I think By what all of our minds bring to the table, we're gonna get we're gonna knock a lot of them out and maybe even bring a couple of new ones to the plate that you haven't heard. But if you feel like any of the guys on Infinite Rabbit Hole here have missed any, hit them up and let them know because I'm sure they would love the engagement. And probably the most talked about and definitive list came on the Pat McAfee show. Which dropped on December twenty first of twenty seventeen, and he has a whole bit called "Matt Groening is a time traveler," and he just goes on and says, "Matt, the jig is up. We already know." And then he goes <laughs> through several of the examples we're going to talk about, but not all of them. So many, the many, American.
2: many of those videos were also super clickbaity. So oh,
0: some of them are for sure. Pat McAfee did a great at ep- great show. That was a great great ones just, just i, I i'm i a big youtube guy
2: when it comes to doing research for this stuff because i can play pokemon while i watch the youtube video um but uh i found that youtube this time around was a very difficult resource to work with because mm. of all the clickbait involved with this subject
0: yeah there was a lot of lists there was a lot of lists like nobody really wanted to deep dive into this they just wanted to list off a list
3: yeah, and uh, some of them were a reach. I will even admit that, even though I'm on yeah. your side here, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, let me get into number two. Same episode, okay? Season six, episode 19, 1995. Lisa's future fiancé makes a phone call using a smartwatch, which becomes available in 2014. Now, I mean, we already kind of talked about that one, right? So we don't need to beat a dead horse. Right.
2: I mean, we can kind of touch on it a little bit. Like, we were thinking about things like James Bond and whatnot and even Batman. Um, yeah, this, this, yeah, this was also, this was also a technology that was predicted well ahead of time by many different sources. And in an honest, in an honest thing, it honestly makes sense being that walkie talkies were in common use and they were already trying to do a video phone, being able to communicate through your watch in it, that, that's a, that either connects to another device on your body or is a device in itself. It is just, it's a next step makes sense
0: prediction. I can see that. All right, next one. Season 5, episode 13 in 1994. Homer uses a hidden camera in his hat, which seems to be hinting at the idea of a GoPro, which becomes available in 2004. This one's kind of a stretch for me.
1: Yeah, it is, because you look at the hat, right? It's It's one of those,
0: like, Burt
1: Reynolds, like, huge (laughs) Texan 10-gallon hats. Uh, Yeah, and it looks like uh, the camera itself would have just been, like, the camera at the normal thing right there now i am going to say spy cameras have always been a thing like mm-hmm. modern day stuff is more prevalent like you have like nanny cams and other things like that so again that's probably something like you always want to be watching or looking over your stuff like back in the day there wasn't the technology you would pay well that's what security profession is like having someone watch your things
2: Man. so and also the GoPro was also yet another one of those very logical next steps in in technology if even if we go back to something simple as the telephone we have the very first telephones that came out were put in people 's homes. These things were monsters they were huge, and every and as technology progresses, things get smaller and smaller and smaller and have more utility more utility and more utility and that 's just that 's a trend we see uh, from even the early 1800s in 1700s from primitive times till now we see things we got them to work but we got them to work in a very large fashion computers is another thing those things took up an entire room at one point there would be no way you'd have one of those in your house right and now we have computers that are a thousand times stronger than that giant room computer and that fit in your pocket right so the downsizing of technology and its increase in utility has been a trend since forever
0: yeah those those first three i definitely agree um you'll see the last three of the first eight so the way i the way i was originally going to do this i broke them down in like groups of eight where the last three were kind of the big ones in each group uh and they were kind of just pre-rated by you know a bunch of bullshit ones but the, these next two go together they're in the same episode so i'm going to knock these two out and then we'll talk about them all right season 25 episode 16 in 2014 homer is approached by fifa to fix their championship World Cup game, which led to the arrest of officials in the organization. One year later, in 2015, many high-ranking rankings of ranking officials in the FIFA organization were arrested for corruption and money laundering, among many other things. In the same episode, known as number five, also in 2014, the Simpsons correctly predicted that Germany would win in the World Cup championship match of 2014.
1: I, got, I didn't mention this yet, but... um. The amount of writers that have been on the show um, is actually uh, close to like 130 some or 136 uh, is what the Wikipedia is saying. So I don't know if that's current or whatever. Uh, So having that many people touch this show, uh, I feel like you have a lot of people that would be Uh, having different backgrounds, different interests, and there's probably someone that was fairly knowledgeable or knew uh, about soccer, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not like that team wasn't doing bad that year. Like, they weren't like an underdog or something.
0: Um, Right. But the fact that he that they correctly predicted that the organization like this was major, major news. I looked up a couple of news articles and everything. And these dudes were like the head of the FIFA organization, which is the big the the world's leading what we call soccer or football over in the the other parts of the world. They're the biggest entity in this sport. And they were they were bagged for some of the biggest bullshit. Now. Again, just like you were saying, somebody on that writing staff may have been a, a huge fan into sports and been like, yo, these, these people are corrupt. Let's write an episode about how stupid and corrupt they are. And, you know, eventually after some time, all corruption gets bagged or not all corruption, but most corruption will get bagged. Um, so that's that's what I think happened here. I'm on board with you guys with that one for sure.
2: I'm going to let Phil touch on that before I put in what I got to put in.
3: For those that really, really follow soccer, I do not, but I know people that do. There could be an argument made that um, on a national level, Germany always has a really good team and that they were the host nation in 2014. So that could have been a, a luck of the draw. And it was also, I think, one of the worst kept secrets in the sport that FIFA may or may not have been corrupt and that it was only a matter of time before, they got caught, but I do find it interesting though, that they get two of these happenings and nail them in the same episode. So, I mean, the more we look at these predictions, you have to stop and ask yourself, okay, when does this stop being random coincidence? So that's, that's just where I stand at the moment.
0: Phil, I just want to correct you real quick. Brazil was the host nation in 2014 FIFA world cup.
3: Oh, it was, but Germany won. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yep. My mistake on that. Pretty fine.
2: Um, so for me, when it comes to the corruption thing, corruption in professional sports—you don't say. <laughs> nah, you can only have so much money involved in something before corruption happens, and whatever that whatever that tow line is, uh, for where that corruption starts depends on the organization. But there are millions and billions of dollars that go through uh, professional sports every year. And of course, of course, there's going to be... There's corruption in every single professional sport right now as we're talking. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Someone's doing something they're not supposed to. You know, whether it's on a large organizational level or an individual level, somebody is corrupt. Uh, multiple people are corrupt. Now, in regards to them predicting Germany um, to win uh, the World Cup in that year... Uh, at that time, Germany was currently tied for having the most wins ever in FIFA for first place, right? Right now, Brazil holds the most wins at five. Germany is tied for second place with Italy at four. Um, again, that, that goes back to what I said initially where we're talking about a cold read. It was a really good bet. That's like going to a horse race and and betting $10 on the horse everyone says is going to win, right? And then being like, hey, look, I predicted it right um that's kind of where i stand with that
0: dude i love how well you did your homework (laughs) love it (laughs) i told you i tore this shit up (laughs) dude i am so excited to see what you have for the rest of this stuff because if you keep going i'm gonna swap (laughs) sides sorry phil (laughs) (laughs) we'll see we'll see all right uh so this is this is one of one of my first bigger ones okay uh season 20 episode 4 in 2008 Homer was seen attempting to vote for Barack Obama, but his vote was automatically switched to vote for John McCain multiple times. In 2012, this was a very real issue in the presidential election voting machines that was reported widely by multiple news outlets. Uh, yeah, that happened in Pennsylvania, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Not only did they get the the storyline of this particular thing right, they also got the visuals right. Like Homer, they literally show him pushing Barack Obama, but the voting machine checks John McCain, right? In real life, this man actually whipped out his phone. He was voting for Barack Obama, and it flopped up to the Republican nominee. Like, I mean, he clearly hit Barack Obama. Now, is this one just coincidence?
1: Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, I mean, corruption and
0: whatever. When did that uh, show come out? When did that one specifically? That one came out in 2008 and it was 2012 during the very next presidential election that it came true. Yeah. 2008.
1: Okay. okay so there's a movie back in 1996 uh, called Black Sheep with uh, Chris Farley. Right. Mm-hmm. And that one's solely around voter fraud. So the idea of voter fraud or uh stuff like this, um, definitely has been out there. A lot of people don't trust technology to begin with when it comes to that. That's a lot of reason why they wanted the <laughs> there was the whole debacle about like handwritten stuff in Florida, like the the Florida Chads or whatever, because they didn't want to switch over to technology because they were too worried about um just that technology doing stuff like this. So I can see because that was what? That was uh gore versus uh Bush. Uh and I know gore is actually his daughter uh has been is a writer on the Futurama uh show, which is like the sideshow sure, of it. that. Yeah, and I believe um where she's pa- probably penned an episode or something. Let me confirm that. But I know Al Gore has definitely been on Simpsons as well as Futurama.
3: Well, you're looking into that, Andrew. I just want to say real quick, it's hard for me to comment specifically on this one because up here in good old Canada, I uh, still fill my ballots in with pencil.
1: Mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Christy, Kristen Gore, she's actually a writer. Huh.
2: So with uh, the whole concept of, of the ballot machines and having it malfunction or maybe it's potentially being tampered with, corruption in politics you don't say um <laughs> yeah it so that, that goes hand in hand with the sports thing um on top of that you know this was a single machine we're talking about and yeah it did happen um but i'm going to play a little devil's advocate here and and this was back in the obama mitt romney uh, campaign and then this was also the era where smartphones first started really becoming popular right we just had google release their first model of the smartphone and then android followed up Uh, and, uh, I don't remember the exact order of the technology being released, but the iPhone was also a thing. They also had the iPod and like this, this touch technology was a thing. And I personally had one of the older, um, uh, touchscreen phones when they first came out, the very first smartphones. And when that phone was about two or three years old, um, I experienced an error with it when if I wanted to touch one of the applications on the phone or select an option, I had to move my thumb downwards and slightly to the right and touch a different area because the calibration on the screen was just off. The, the phone was dying, it was old, it wasn't working right anymore, and it was just off. And I'm willing to believe that in this particular instance, being that it was a single machine that we're being told about, that maybe that would be something... Uh, that could have maybe the machine was dropped on its way in, and whoever was carrying it was like, "I'm not saying nothing because nobody's firing me today." Um, you know, there's a there's a there's a slew of reasons that could have thrown the calibration on, on a single machine off. Uh, my question is, if if this was a true act of of corruption, why was it a single machine, and do we all think that? messing with a single machine would really throw the vote off that much in a very red state.
0: But it wasn't a single machine. That, oh, that was the only, per- no, that was the only person that was able to get it on film. Um, oh, okay. yeah. There, there were many, many, many complaints all throughout that County in Pennsylvania that the machines were doing that. So I it was understand a single, it was a single County though. I believe so. I don't want to, I don't want to put out, Incorrect information, so I'm okay, going to let's, retract let's, that.
2: Let's entertain it. it was a single county just for argument's sake. Um, I drive a truck for a living right now, and I'll tell you this right now, you hit a pothole hard enough and the entire load in your trailer will slam off the walls.
0: Yeah, but you would think that these voting machines would be in shock-absorbed crates. Crates. Oh,
2: God, no. You think our government funds shit like that, no. bro? You work for the government. You work for the government.
0: Bro. Well, I, I could tell you that aircraft parts are, like, if I were to put a FLIR system from a helicopter into a crate, that, that bitch is shock absorbed. And it's well, full of nitrogen.
2: Well, if somebody's going to potentially die from it, yeah. But these, voting, no, they're, they're they're lining these bad boys up and they're strapping them in just like everything else that gets done in if Have you ever unloaded trucks, bro? I've unloaded trucks for furniture. I've unloaded trucks for truck parts. I've unloaded trucks for auto parts. I drive a truck now. I have to load my own truck and I do medical linens and it all gets strapped in. And it's got a crate that it's in and it just has tension straps that attach to the walls. And if you attach them too tight, And you hit a pothole, the straps snap and your load goes everywhere. If you attach them too loose, the straps snap. Your load goes everywhere. If you hit a pothole, your load slams off the side of the truck. There's a really good chance that that there was like a a packing error with like the same guy loads three trucks and he's an idiot and packs all three of these trucks incorrectly and all they have to do is hit a pothole and then bam they're slamming off the side of the wall and if you slam technology like touchscreen especially older technology touchscreen stuff like that it's gonna have errors and i'd be willing to entertain that idea um but this one i would definitely be on the fence for but then again we're in a very isn't isn't
0: pennsylvania typically a very red state it just swung blue this year didn't it
1: yeah we're we're both but technically so the weird thing about pennsylvania is um we have very country areas. So like the if you go to the city area, yeah, that's like the majority of Democrat, but uh when you get to outside of Pittsburgh and Philly and Allentown, you get to what's called Pennsylvania, right? right? Uh and Pennsylvania is kinda like you you go in the wrong area, you're gonna start hearing banjos and uh hillbilly asking if you got a, a pretty mouth or not. Uh so <laughs> you kinda you kinda wanna stay clear of like outskirts of uh that i mean like we have what the city that's on constant fire underneath uh centralia, centralia. yeah yeah so yeah. all right all right all right <laughs> yeah we, so, we
2: like we i would just want to entertain like if it was just a single county is one county enough to swing an entire vote
0: in a state mm, uh, it depends it depends on what the the population center is because i mean it, it vote uh, so, the votes for the county or the, the value of the county is just, uh, it's all based on the population.
2: You said, uh, it was Laverne County, right? I don't know what fucking county
0: it was, but it was a county. All right, I believe it was a county. All right. We're going to move on to the next thing. We got to keep rolling. Okay. All right, guys. Okay. All right. Um, all right. So, the next one, number seven, The Simpsons movie in 2007. The movie predicted the NSA listening in on U.S. citizens' phone calls as they are tasked in tracking down The Simpsons after they were deemed fugitives by the EPA. In 2013, Edward Snowden blew the lid off the NSA, conducting unwarranted mass surveillance on citizens of the U.S. What do you got to say about that one, CJ? Didn't
2: we have an issue with Big Brother well before that Simpsons movie came out? Because I remember hearing about that in middle school.
0: Big Brother really became an issue after 9-11.
2: Right when I was in middle school, and then the Simpsons movie came out when I was about to graduate high school.
0: So we already knew they were listening to us. Okay, I can get I can get behind that, but it wasn't confirmed until Edwards. Like every, it was a conspiracy theory.
2: Oh my god, dude! If, if people, if people, if people didn't know the government was listening to us, I know,
3: I know, I know. I will argue that in the Simpsons movie, though, they specifically nailed it to the NSA, which I don't think had been done in a big blockbuster live action or animated flick before, or at least an animated one that a lot of people would see. I'll argue that.
0: Let's be honest, though. If a a department is going to do one of those three-letter acronyms is going to do it, it's going to be the NSA.
2: NSA or CIA, one of those two.
0: Well, the CIA is doing it. We know that. But the NSA, that's what their job is, is National Security Agency. Right. Um, but this next one, guys, this next one is one of the ones that I'm really excited about. And I, CJ, I can't wait to hear you debunk this one because I hope you have nothing for it. <laughs> <laughs> Season 22, episode one in 2010, they cre- they correctly predicted that banked Robert Holmstrom would win the Nobel Peace Prize in economics, which he went on to do six years later in 2016. Not only did they predict that he would win a Nobel Peace Prize, but they went on to predict that he would specifically win it in economics.
1: So
2: when it came to this one, um, the specific instance, uh, it was actually talked to talked about on a video by uh, a fellow Canadian of Phil's. Uh, and that individual, uh, people were already predicting well before the Simpsons were that he was going to win a Nobel Peace Prize. It just took them longer to give it to him than anybody thought it was going to.
0: He was already a big name in that area. Okay, so you just think it was eventually it was going to happen.
1: I mean, it was, it was also a bingo card, so they could have placed their bet on any of those people winning because it was, what, five different nerds, uh, each choosing a, a person that there's a chance that that person yeah, could have yeah. won. What's up, everybody? This is Jeff from the Shadow Band Podcast, where we challenge conventional thoughts and
2: overruling dogmas from ancient discoveries tucked away by the Smithsonian to modern genetic manipulation carried out and funded by the world's elite ruling class. Nothing is too taboo as we search for lost, hidden, and suppressed truths about the nature of our reality. Find the Shadowband Podcast on all platforms or visit shadowbandpodcast.com to join in on the fun. Now, Back to the Infinite Rabbit Hole Podcast.
0: Even even if this wasn't something to do with time traveling, kudos to the Simpsons writers for going into that great of detail.
2: The thing with the writers is is that they are very, very good at finding very obscure but public information and using it to make high-level jokes. Right, so if you weren't paying attention to the Nobel Peace Prize, and to be honest, out of the four of us sitting here, has any of us ever been like, "Yo, the Nobel Peace Prizes are coming out. Let's sit down and watch that man. <laughs> Get the popcorn and the wings." Like,
3: you mean, you mean you haven't? Yeah, there's no, there's no office pool for it for sure.
2: Right. Right. So, I mean, if in, but it's still public knowledge that, Hey, people are really thinking like this guy is doing this work and they really think that he's going to win. And he's, he's a big name in this field, being a big name in the field uh, of, of, I forget what he, what it was he was doing is like being a big name in the field of indie podcast, bro. Right. People who listen to podcasts know who we are, if you're big name, but anybody who doesn't listen to podcasts and be like, who the hell is that? Right. So they took another piece of obscure information and applied a joke to it to make fun of nerdy people. And it just so happened that once again, just like um, uh, betting on uh, the horse, you know, is going to win.
0: All right. So season five, episode 10 in 1993, a parody of the famous Siegfried and Roy Tiger shows show ends in a tiger attack 10 years later in 2003. Roy Horn of Siegfried and Roy was viciously mauled by one of their tigers, causing the show to end its 13-year run. All right, number 10, Season 23, Episode 22 in 2012. This episode showed Lady Gaga performing at the Super Bowl during her routine when she was suspended in the air and flown over the crowd during her performance. Five years later, Lady Gaga actually performs in the Super Bowl halftime show, and would you guess it, her act involved her being suspended in the air over the crowd, just as pictured in the Simpsons episode. Number 11. In 1994, an Apple cell phone autocorrected a phrase into the wrong phrase on the show 13 years before autocorrect was officially released in 2007. 12. In the years 1992 through 1994, the Super Bowl champions were successfully predicted by the show. Number 13, Season 3, Episode 23, in 1992, Homer's brother Irv invented a translator for Baby Talk. A group in Taiwan invented an app in 2016 that differentiated between the sound of many different types of cries that a baby has, therefore creating a baby translator. Number 14, we'll stop and talk, Season 2, Episode 9, back in nineteen ninety. Marge believes that the animated show that Bart loves so much, itchy and scratchy, is way too violent, and she protests the show in order to get it cleaner, which works. But when a replica of the famous statue, David, is set to be unveiled, she cannot join in with the other characters in their belief that it needs to be censored. In 2016, an actual replica was set to be unveiled in Russia, but many people complained, and it was left up to a vote to determine if they were going to censor the statue or not and it ended up being censored. So, what do you guys think?
2: I'm not surprised about any of this.
1: I'm going to say the Lady Gaga one, though, I feel like it could have been uh, inspired for it, even though she didn't do the the nipples with uh, fireworks coming out of it, uh, as the Simpsons had.
2: But that was Simpsons hyperbolizing what Lady Gaga (laughs) is known for, and she is
1: known for being
2: super eccentric and doing wild stuff. Bro, she wore a dress made out of steak. But,
1: like, if she saw, like, listen, if she saw that, she would have been, like, for me, I would have been, like, I don't even have to write my halftime show. I'm just going to steal what The Simpsons said. That's
2: a bomb-ass uh,
0: idea. Yeah. You think that that's just The Simpsons, um... Inspiring culture? Yeah. Writing history instead of... <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, how many people were saying...
1: With the commercial, with Butter uh, Butterfinger, when... They had Bart Simpson going around and do that. Yeah. Like, just don't lay a finger on my butterfinger, right? So, Mm. like, they they are definitely iconic enough uh, to the point where I've told someone to eat my shorts, even though that phrase has never been part of my, like, vernacular at all. (laughs) Pete, Um, Pete, Pete,
2: bro, that's where that one came.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Well, was Pete and Pete around before uh, Simpsons saying eat my shorts is the question? Oh,
2: no. May- no, maybe. Well, they weren't around before The Simpsons, but they probably were using that that vernacular like at the same time. Like, That's one
0: of his original catchphrases.
2: Oh, really? Well, I mean, yeah. it's still like uh, what was this? Uh, Pete and Pete was like 92 or 93. So it wasn't that long after The Simpsons premiered. So they could have just been biting off of The Simpsons, too. So.
3: One thing I'm always intrigued about is the autocorrect thing. I mean, yeah, that could be a flimsy happenstance or what you will, but it's so fascinating that it would become such a major part of our lives on all of our portable devices, and it would piss off every single one of us. The fact that, you know, he gets frustrated and throws it at Martin's head, like, that's what I want to do with my devices or my computer with some of the autocorrect some days. So, I mean... Number one, they predict the function itself and they predict people's frustrations to the autocorrect itself. Like, I like, it's once again, where do you ask? Where does this become happenstance and where is it a thing? Like, that's what you got to decide yourself.
1: One of, one of the uh, coders for the Apple autocorrect, or whatever, they actually said that in an interview, like they used that Simpsons episode as like their go-to and they basically called it the uh eat martha uh issue so they would strive to make sure that they wouldn't have that eat martha thing so i feel like that's another one of those ones where it's like the simpsons inspired uh someone to do that even though they didn't do a good enough job unfortunately
2: It's it's not an unheard of phenomena in television history, either for something to appear in a television show and inspire somebody to invent it. Uh, Take Star Trek with the television remote, for example.
0: All right, cool. You guys ready to move on? The giant tiger ate the guy. It happens. That's what happens when you have big predators. So number 15, the show predicted the London Shard, a very beautiful building that was built in 2009, but was depicted in an episode where Lisa visits London in 1995. Go ahead and tell me about that one, CJ. I actually didn't hear about this one in my research. Okay, so she's like up on a balcony or something, and Big Ben is behind her, and behind Big Ben is the London Shard building. Uh, do you have a Do you have a computer near you? That,
2: are... I mean, I'm using a computer. I'm on.
0: Yeah, um, do you I'm just recording. just look up look up London Shard Simpsons. It's this is a big one. I think this is very interesting.
3: Yeah, I just want to jump in here. So the Shard. Um... I believe was built either in preparation or after the 2012 Summer Olympics. And I believe it's the tallest high-rise building in all of London. And when you look at the animation, you could say, okay, they just decided to draw a building of this shape just to fill out the horizon. But the placement of it, the shape of it, and the fact that it does closely remember resemble what they ended up building in 2012, I find is really interesting. Twice in my life, I've been to London, and I love it. I think it's a fascinating city, as expensive as it is. But I think all of us guys both know that the heart of their financial district, the city of London and parts of their government have a lot of shady stuff going on. And a lot of people that influence the world are based in and out of that area. So that whole aspect makes me suspicious as if you know they were trying to tell us something. But that's just me.
0: This is one of the most fascinating ones, like one of the best examples of the topic that we're covering today because just like Phil said, it's in the exact spot. Right? There was nothing there before the London Shard was built. It's in the exact spot. There's no other buildings in in that uh in that that picture there of the London Shard behind Big Ben in the Simpsons episode. But not only did they put it in the right spot, but they got this little thin part at the top of the shard correct, too. I
2: mean, those thin parts are really common in architecture. I mean, look at the Empire State Building for really tall.
0: This is a thin pyramid building. Like, this building is a teepee. I mean, that's not a very common building. Washington Monument. I mean, come on. Okay, those two. (laughs) An obelisk, I guess you can call it, right? I mean, is there one out in Dubai like that or something? Oh, I mean, but even even if that's three, even if there's 20 throughout the United throughout the world, that's still not a lot. Yeah, this this one goes to Phil and Jeremy. One to one to one one to 14, one to 14. 14. We're on the board, Phil. You know (laughs) know what this thing kind of reminds (laughs) me?
1: You guys ever see the uh, Oceans series? No, man, I haven't I've seen, like, half of them.
2: I know what you're talking uh,
1: about. <laughs> Ocean 12, there's, like, a hotel that they built in this in, like, Ocean 12 or Ocean 13 or something. Just sidetrack, whatever, I'm sorry. But, like, it kind of looks like that.
2: Well, um, so we would all agree that uh, m- much of what our governments and worldwide governments uh, have in common is a fascination with the esoteric, right?
0: Mm-hmm
2: the pyramid's oh, one yeah. of the platonic the pyramid is one of the platonic yeah. solids it's a very easy go-to shape it's also aerodynamic and allows wind to pass over it so it's also a very safe shape
0: i'm not giving you this win this one goes to us sorry <laughs> <laughs> i'm still
2: kicking your ass though
0: <laughs> yeah you're winning you're winning all right number 16 in 2007 in the simpsons movie tom hanks was shown in quarantine just like he was on all major news networks for covid-19
2: Tom Hanks had a whole movie about him being in quarantine with a fucking volleyball.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. They made fun of that in in the Simpsons too.
1: They did. (laughs) uh, Yeah. Simpsons did it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We we got to say it. Uh, The, but there wasn't like, he didn't, he uh, go through like Philadelphia too. So like he was a cancer patient in Philadelphia or was it AIDS? What was Philadelphia?
3: that That was AIDS.
1: It was AIDS. Yeah. So like, but like, Tom Hanks is such a, uh, like the person you want to put forward of like celebrities. Like he's wholesome, cheery. There's like, no, no one really has dirt on him. And and, like, to the point that they got him play one of the most iconic, like persons out there. That is uh, Mr. Rogers, right? Mr. Rogers. I don't think anybody had any issues with, like he was such a kind hearted soul. And like, Tom Hanks playing him was okay. Like, no one had an issue with Tom Hanks being that.
0: I only so, like one movie ever made by Tom Hanks. Oh. Yep. Green, Greenbile? Nope. Forrest Gump? Forrest Gump. That's it. It's the only good yeah. movie ever made by Forrest by Tom Hanks. Sorry, guys.
1: Mm. Go ahead.
0: As you were, I just want to put it out uh,
1: there. Oh, it's fine. The, but like, he, he's that iconic, like, good, person putting forward. So like I know a lot of social like media like to reach out to celebrities for their things on like their thoughts on things. Cause I I made a joke about that the other day to a friend uh when uh the unfortunate events of nine eleven happened, they like some of the popular news were like, Nine eleven happened, Ja Rule, what do you think about this? And it's like, why do I care about a rapper that only had one hit song? thinks about uh terrorist something like give me someone that has knowledge about this not uh, someone just that's the flavor of the week
0: i hate that shit the most whenever like a celebrity has an opinion about something and the the news will blow it up it's like why do i fucking care what they have to say let's be honest about it and and then you get all these people that are like oh but so-and-so said this what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I grew up on Bill Nye, right? I like Bill Nye and everything. But when when someone quotes Bill Nye when it comes to something scientific, did you know that Bill Nye doesn't even have a degree in science? Nope, his degree is you know in business. Right. I mean, Bill Nye is not somebody that you should be quoting for anything scientific. So when they come out and they say, oh, Bill Nye said this about this, and it's like, um... Try again, dude. Don't fucking care about what Bill Nye has to say. He entertained me as a kid and kudos for that. But I'm a fucking grown ass adult and I need some grown ass adult answers now. Sorry, go ahead.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know who else? Uh you know who else um also doesn't have a science degree? And who talks a lot of science all the time? Who? Neil deGrasse Tyson. Does he I thought he had a physics degree. I'm Are not sure. Are you sure? I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty no, sure. I, I a lot it. of people. A, a lot of people will tell you. Like look in Neil deGrasse Tyson. I'm pretty sure that his degree is in business management. Uh, if I'm uh, remembering correctly from the last time I looked into it.
0: I'll look. I'll, I'll do the googles. Yeah, he earned his BA in physics from Harvard and his PhD in astrophysics from Columbia. Oh, then I must
2: be thinking of somebody else then.
0: Yeah, I was going to say Neil deGrasse Tyson is actually a well-known physicist.
2: There's somebody, there's somebody who's in the big science scene who doesn't have a degree either. They were equating it, it
1: the- that the guy that's on a uh, freaking History Channel that says aliens. I thought he was like a gym teacher or something.
3: <laughs>
0: Phil, who's he, that?
3: <laughs> he, he was a he was a former bodybuilding promoter. So that tells you what you need to know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: me me and Phil kind of have an ongoing joke about aliens oh man this is gonna kill me because this was a
2: conversation i was having with jeff because he's the one who told me to look into it and i can't remember
0: who it was we'll update everybody later on all right let's move on this is this is another one of my big ones here so in 1993 in an episode titled margin chains a massive flu runs through springfield and characters start to riot to demand a cure for the flu then a swarm of killer bees shows up is this the murder hornets
2: The murder hornets were a dramatically overblown (laughs) situation for a species of insect that would never survive in the United States. So, no. I I mean, the the murder hornets thing, they were trying to support mass hysteria. It had nothing to do with The Simpsons.
0: It was totally agree. Totally, totally agree. But what it's it's not
2: working, release the
0: murder hornets. (laughs) I love that. I love that. (laughs) I just seen that exact same meme the other day where it's like, all right, coronavirus is over. And it says, release the aliens because it's, you know, June's going (laughs) to drop all this stuff. And I I died. I was like, that's great. Got to keep us all on our toes. But no, I I think I I do think that this is a really good one um, because uh, of how subtle the, the, the murder horns thing was. It was very, very big for like three days. And then it just disappeared and we never heard of it again. I do. And just what year the, was
2: the episode? What, was, what year was the in episode? In
0: 1993. So not only did a, a massive flu run through Springfield, but then after the, the flu started like going away and everything, a swarm of, of killer bees invaded Springfield. Come on, yeah. Man. Well, that... okay.
2: So, can you tell me what year the Africanized honeybee was introduced to the United States? No, dude. Can you? Nineteen ninety. Do you know what year it actually became a real problem? Nineteen ninety-three. Nineteen ninety-two. Do you know how long it takes to make an episode <laughs> of Simpsons?
0: Probably about in a year.
2: It probably takes it, it takes approximately ten months to create an episode of The Simpsons, which is a a thing we'll be talking about in the bottom of the hole. Um, but it takes a pro- so nineteen ninety-two it became a real worry. And then ten months later, or twelve months later, they're talking about On The Simpsons. They took something obscure and made a joke out of it again.
0: Okay, I can see that. Good good evidence. I'll give you that win. It's fine. Still <laughs> uh let's see. Number 18, season nine, episode three, in nineteen ninety-seven. Barge attempts to get a depressed Bart out of bed and promises to read him a book called Curious George and the Ebola virus. In 2014, the U.S. suffers a spread of the very deadly virus. Season 21. US... What? Yeah. You don't remember the Ebola virus outbreak? Yes. No, I
2: do. I just want okay, to cut you off. A...
0: <laughs> You're dick. <laughs> <laughs> Number 19. Season 21, episode 12 in 2010. Marge and Homer compete in the U.S.'s mixed doubles curling team in which they came from behind to win against Sweden. Eight years later, the U.S. men's curling team upsets Sweden in the 2018 Olympics. Number 20, season 23, episode 10 in 2012. The show predicts Greece's financial crisis, which actually occurred mm-hmm. in 2015, three years later. Number 21, in the second season, Lisa and Bart are fishing in a pond that has already Nuclear waste dumped into it from the nuclear power plant that is so famous in Springfield. And they end up catching a three-eyed fish, which I believe they nicknamed Blinky, right? Isn't that Blinky? Almost 11 years later, a three-eyed fish was discovered in a reservoir in Argentina, which also had water flowing into it from a nuclear power plant. Number 22, last one, and then we'll talk about them. Season 29, Episode 1 in 2017. The Simpsons were placed in an olden times town by the name of Springfieldia, which was a parody of Westeros of the show Game of Thrones. During the episode, a fire-breathing dragon burned down the village, just like Drogon did, to the King's Landing in Game of Thrones in 2019. Let's talk, guys. So, in regards
2: to the Ebola virus one, The Ebola virus is not a new virus. It was well known that primates in the jungles carry this virus. And if you come in contact with wild primates, that there's a pretty good chance you're going to be exposed to it. Um, I don't know the exact year, but there was a time period where importing wild monkeys to keep his pets became a very popular thing in the United States. And I really believe that the Simpsons in this stake were taking a shot at something, again, obscure and saying, hey, if you get a pet monkey, you might get Ebola.
0: Okay, I can hear that. And I, I definitely wasn't making an argument against how old Ebola is. I know Ebola is pretty old. I know they have different strands of it. You know, like the Ebola's Zare strand is one of the most deadliest mm-hmm. ones. I am.
2: Yeah, and then it it really did, like, getting pet monkeys did become, like, a prevalent thing. I I really want to say it was post-Jurassic Park because of that person who had the pet monkey in that movie. And usually things in movies like that are what really tip off fads. So, But I'm not 100% sold on that. But this really was one of those things where it was like, hey, if you get a pet monkey, it's going to give you
0: Ebola. Yeah, I could see that with a tie-in with a Curious George. Yeah. Anybody else have anything to say about any of these?
3: I remember the uh, episode you are talking about, about Greece's economic fallout. There's a little uh, ticker on the news, and it says something that along the lines of EU puts B- Greece on eBay, <laughs> which I thought was <laughs> That's hilarious. The and then... That's the <laughs> yeah. exact quote, bro. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I thought that was very interesting. I did a little bit of deep dive into that, and apparently Greece's financial uh, issues hadn't have... Exactly happened yet at the time of the release of that episode.
3: So I mean, it makes you wonder. Looking back, you could argue, like, oh, you know, maybe that episode writer was a business insider and he knew the markets and saw this was coming. But you're telling me that's not the case, eh, Jeremy? Maybe I don't
0: know. I what year was this episode again? That was in 2012, and the Greece financial crisis officially happened in 2015
2: i'm looking right now i just i just i just thought of a tie-in oh no, never mind this was really because the euro was introduced in 1999 and that's what really upset some economy when it was first introduced yeah that and was know, too early i know greece was one of the people who who adopted the the euro at one point where they still have it
1: i think it was more their work ethic than greece it was like you only work 30 or 20 hours a day everyone gets off at five like you have multiple vacations or whatever and i I'm saying, I, like, I know America and Japan are like the two like uh, nations that like beat our workers to death um, when it comes to stuff like that. But like having bare minimum, something like that, like how how would a nation function?
2: Their their economy is also very corrupt. Where like just for instance, the mafia completely controls their lemon production. Like, and that's a huge export for Greece is lemons and the mafia 100% controls it. So we have a lot of corruption in those areas. So an economic fallout was bound to happen. Now, whether or not that was common knowledge at that point is arguable. And I'm only going to grant Jeremy the win on this one on default because I can't prove it. But there is speculation to say that it's possible that they could have potentially been aware of the corruption within Greece's economy and been able to make that call.
0: Like we got two,
1: Phil. I did want to mention, um, just like the other ones that were inspired, there was one that you didn't mention. I do want to uh, say because it is I've got I've got
0: three more. Okay, then I'll, I'll let I'll let I'll let you do that. And these are pretty big. Okay. Number 23, Season 10, Episode 5. In 1998, a sign in the episode portrays the Fox Network as a division of of Walt Disney. 19 years later, and Fox is sold to Disney for a total of $52.4 billion, not only predicting the sale of the
3: company, but predicting the new owners of The Simpsons. I find this interesting because... Throughout the show's history and even in the Simpsons movie, they're always taking pot shots at Disney every which way possible. And if you look at the surface, that whole sign and that gag was maybe designed to be another pot shot at how wealthy and how greedy Disney is. Or was it a sign that Disney was coming in and saying, hey, put this in here and uh, stop making all those jokes about us. I mean, I could be wrong about Mm -hmm. that, but. It's interesting to say i'm
1: gonna say futurama also was uh taking shots at uh fox and other things yeah, like that as well Simpsons so. do that
2: too yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah simpsons are known for taking shots at the fox corporate network and uh at that time period when they put that up they were really making fun of fox saying you're so bad disney's gonna buy you is just kind of what they were saying they were talking big the shit in is, that episode. Yeah.
0: yeah family guy does it too
2: <laughs> oh yeah it's, it's uh it's like uh the the youtuber the canadian youtuber that i brought up earlier actually made a really good uh, uh metaphor for that he said uh it's the uh bite the hand that feeds you mentality because people buy that mm-hmm. sort of thing yeah. it's marketing and it's the only reason it's fox edgy. lets them get away with it
0: i thought that this one was very interesting and i'm gonna throw this one up to a tie because i don't necessarily want to mm-hmm. claim a win for this one because i feel like this is too easy to predict if this was just like something to be fun i think it's very interesting right but when you're talking about how you know if you're going to make a funny sign about somebody buying out the fox network how many options do you really have i mean let's be honest about
2: coca-cola and disney (laughs) msnbc
0: (laughs) that's about it so they they just got it right you know and it's I I I can't really say that this is a strong piece of evidence for time travel, and I can't say it's a, a really strong evidence for this just being coincidence. I think it's right in the middle. This is uh on on the fence for me, but I thought it was very interesting. CJ wins. Nope, this is a tie. We got one in a tie. Yeah, All
3: we'll, right, we'll deal with that nope. later.
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> get him, Phil. All right, uh. Number 24, Season 9, Episode 1 in 1997. The episode depicts Lisa holding a bus trip advertisement showing that a ride will cost $9 in New York. The strange thing here is that the 9 is right next to a silhouette of the World Trade Center's Twin Towers, eerily reading 9-11. Yeah, you ready for me to win
2: this one? You know what? I'm going to let all of you talk, and then I'm going to win.
3: Okay, Uh, (laughs) I'd like to add this (laughs) because I actually, I actually came across another 9/11 connection from 1993, which I'll bring up right now. This one could be a little bit flimsy, but when you pair it up against the one Jeremy just said, it kind of makes you wonder. So this one, this thing is something you can only see if it slowed down and it was slowed down on the YouTube channel I watched, it was on the monorail episode from 1993. And I don't have the exact season and episode number, but it's from 93. And in the luxury car of the monorail, there's a very fast pan across the car and you see a portrait and it looks like a high rise building on fire. And the high rise building, at least for my eyes, when it's slowed down on the channel, bears an odd resemblance to one of the Twin Towers. So if you pair that up against the bus pamphlet reading 9-11, and we won't get into them all right now, but there's been other predictive programming uh, tie-ins to 9-11s throughout other TV and movies over the years. But this one, you pair them together, I really scratch my head and wonder, even if I don't totally buy them on their own. Uh, Like...
1: The the Twin Towers were kind of synonymous to like New York, right? So what back in the day, what was the it was two things. It was the Empire State Building, Statue of Liberty, right? Uh and then when the Twin Towers were built, that's when someone was doing a generic shot, right? Which you can see in most media like Seinfeld or um Friends, I think Friends was considered to be in New York, technically, whenever they would pan and look or there would be like a shot across the bay, the the shot would be showing the Twin Towers. So I think it's just like what's more iconic to New York than Statue of Liberty
0: or uh, the Twin Towers
2: or the Empire State Building.
0: Okay, so I grew up in Connecticut, pretty close to, to New York, right? And. I know that there was a bombing at the World Trade Center in 1992 when they when they first attempted to tear that, that those buildings down. But if I'm going to be honest and this is just from my point of view, the the World Trade Center before it was the victim of 9/11 wasn't that big of a icon of New York. I mean, you had things such as uh either Yankee Stadium or Shea Stadium. You had mm. um the baseball the, the sub- yeah subway systems I mean there oh. was there was other things not just you know the Statue of Liberty the Empire State Building but like to me when I thought of New York City I thought of the Empire State Building if it was a building but if I'm thinking about the New York City and just in general I'm thinking of uh, the, the Statue of Liberty and I, I think that them picking the Twin Towers for that is eerie I really do. I am on board with this being something very strange Uh, there. If they really wanted to highlight New York city and put a building there that more people were going to recognize, they would have went with the empire state building. I can guarantee you that most of the United States, other than the news that happened in 1992, when the original bombing happened at the world trade center, most of the United States did not know that the world trade center even existed is where where's the location
1: of the empire state building though it's like in the inner city right so with the modern day um buildings built around it it's not as noticeable where i guess more of like does the shot itself was definitely like on a pier looking out over the uh because there you can see water in the the picture and you can see the towers in the uh, background so i think it's just location maybe
2: i deep, i deep dive this one guys this particular is i deep dived it um when you google pre 911 uh travel pamphlets for new york city and then silhouetted new york city skyline pre 911 and then you do new york city uh skyline um the twin towers is actually super duper common uh, in almost all of these travel pamphlets and and all this uh, and it's subliminal marketing uh, What they do is they have these buildings that are super impressive on the skyline and they're always in three positions They're either very far left Dead center or very far right and they're very commonly placed in the very far right because the American person on average Associates the right-hand side with positivity um So when you have these travel pamphlets and these advertisements featuring the New York skyline, especially in a silhouetted format, the Twin Towers are very commonly featured on the right hand side of that. So to have BART produce uh, a a poster stating $9 bus rides with a New York City skyline featuring the Twin Towers on the right hand side, uh, that would have been a very, very common marketing pamphlet or or poster uh, for that time period.
3: That's really fascinating.
0: I just don't think that enough people knew what the World Trade Center was back then. I mean, everyone knows now. Maybe, maybe, maybe we didn't know
2: what it was or what it was for, but when you see those humongous buildings in a picture, it's impressive. And then you intentionally put it in a position where we either like center is associated with power and right-hand side is associated with positivity. And you have these two positions that are the most common and what you see, it's marketing, it's, it's getting into the American minds like, oh, wow, it's great. It's impressive. We don't need to know what it is. We just need to be impressed by it it
3: Mm -hmm. okay yeah i agree with all that i just i just have one counter though in the episode though i just find not only the choice of nine dollars really odd but that the way they slow down and they they do a slow burn emphasis on the nine and hold it up on the pamphlet like the crux of that episode is the Simpsons going to New York. Who gives a shit what the price of the bus is? I <laughs> mean, but they have to emphasize that number nine, 97, ninety-seven, I think.
1: Uh
2: average bus ticket New York 1997. Oh, Let's go. just see what the average bus ticket was. Uh
3: but the price is completely inconsequential to the plot of the episode. That's what I'm saying.
2: Oh, the the price the price is is very strange because the average bus ticket cost was six dollars and seventy five cents. So it doesn't really make sense that they would have. Uh, oh, okay, bus tickets for went uh, were around eleven dollars from Pennsylvania from Pennsylvania to to New York were about eleven dollars. So maybe $9 would have been like a good deal. It's like a, I mean, uh, I, see what you're, I see what you're saying. and weird, I'm kind of reaching. Weird, I'm kind of reaching here, but you're right. It is strange.
3: <laughs> yeah, you are.
1: <laughs> so Springfield, like the Simpsons is technically, uh, are they,
0: every state has a Springfield. Yeah. But every not, single state not, has nope, one. nope, nope, nope. 30 of them do 30 of them. Whatever. It's a super common city.
1: Yeah. But like, have they initially said that like, Oh, this is Wisconsin or Ohio or no. okay. No, that's, That's part of the mystery. Okay.
2: Yeah. Like if you watch the Simpsons movie, uh, they actually like they're in Springfield. and they look out and they're like, Oh, and right there's Ohio and there's Colorado. Like they do this like this like big panoramic and they like name like (laughs) states that don't touch at all.
0: Springfield has had uh, deserts and blizzards and uh, underwater and all kinds of just all kinds of crazy shit. It's a completely fictional place and it's not meant to be in any particular place in the United States.
2: I'm willing to accept a tie for this one.
0: I really thought I was going to win, but Phil Phil
2: kind of clinched it for you guys, and I'm willing to accept a tie.
0: Thank, thank you, Phil. All right, you ready for my last one? I left I left the biggest one for the last one, and I'm really excited about this one because I'm a nerd. Season 10, Episode 2 in 1998, Homer proves the existence of the Higgs boson particle, also known the God Particle. Which gives mass to every elementary object in the known world and basically explains the existence of everything. The particle was officially discovered in 2012, 14 years after Homer discovered it. Not only did he quote unquote discover the Higgs boson particle, but he actually got a lot of the equation correct.
2: Yeah, he was only a couple of digits off on a couple of things there.
0: Tell me how nuts that is, CJ. I hope you have something against this.
2: Um, So this is the very one and only incident that uh, in all of my research, I could not find a way to debunk it. And it seemed like all the other debunkers of these theories that I was taking a look at, intentionally were dodging this particular incident. They would not bring it up in most of of the videos and things that I was looking at. So honestly, like, this this particular instance is going to be a no contest point for you guys because I got nothing.
1: Well, didn't the professor, like, the guy that found it was in the 1964?
2: They theorized its existence, but the the level of which the equation the Simpsons have would have taken taken ridiculous amounts of research to come up with and we just really don't have a good answer uh or a good way to explain how it's reasonable they would have been that close because they weren't using a uh the the hydron collider thing yeah I the, yeah, yeah. The part of, you know what i'm talking about yeah, they yeah. they weren't using that and they needed that to do the math so it's it's a very very strange uh occurrence on this particular subject
0: basically physicists were like this is how everything in the universe was created right this happened and then everything else happened but there was this missing step and in order for that missing step to make sense or for you know the the chain of progression to make sense they created this fictional particle called the, the higgs boson particle and they, it was it was theoretical for the longest time until it was officially discovered in 2012 to be real. So it was theorized until it was officially founded.
3: You got anything, Phil? No, I was just going to say, isn't that funny that, you know, the skeptics and the people trying to debunk it conveniently avoid it when it's really close. And even our resident skeptic CJ is saying, oh, I don't have much on this one. <laughs> Typical of the... Uh, People trying to you know squeeze uh, their arguments mm-hmm. into their own yeah. narrative but i mean this one freaks me out because once again i know very very little about science and math but i'm thinking wow if it's that close and that's accurate that's there's something weird there to me something extremely
0: weird i mean you're talking about something that the world's best physicists have trouble understanding and putting an equation to and i it, I mean, I'm sure that the the writers of The Simpsons, even if they have well over a hundred writers, you know, throughout the history of The Simpsons, I'm I am willing to bet that none of them could have written a portion of the Higgs boson particle equation correctly without having some sort of insight. And that's all I have, guys. That's, that's it. That's well all said. I have for well said. Yeah. The, the, yeah, the go figure.
2: Go figure. You finish up the episode with the one incident that I could not find any <laughs> argument for. That's the one that
1: bonus points. So, therefore, Jeremy wins.
0: No, I fuck mean, you. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm willing to throw this whole thing up to a tie, but you know. It. that's just being nice yeah to see yeah like 15
1: 15 <laughs> to one. 1 right um, <laughs> i was i was a millimeter away from flawlessing you i really was <laughs> right, I, I am gonna say there's only <laughs> one that i saw um if phil doesn't mind me jumping ahead uh for that i'll let phil no, i was uh, just
3: gonna uh I was just gonna try and find out uh, if you had any more to add, then I uh, I wanted to add just a couple from my end that we hadn't talked about yet. Yeah,
1: I only had one uh, specifically. There was an episode in 1999 where uh, Homer uses nuclear energy to make a, a hybrid plant. And the plant is called Tomacco, right? So tomato and, yes. yeah, tomato and tobacco put together. Oh, I saw
2: that episode and then they banned it.
3: Is it banned? Really?
2: The fuck. Yeah, they they premiered it one time and it caused such an issue that they completely banned it from all networks. And um uh, it was actually my favorite scene in that was one of the key scenes that got it banned. It's when the cow bursts through the corn things and he's like yeah. and like he was crazy and starts yeah. killing people.
1: Uh yeah, they um so a, fa- a fan of the Simpsons uh named Robert Barr or not Barr. B-A-U-R. Bauer? Bauer uh, actually created the plant. Really? Yeah, in 2003, he grafted together uh, tobacco root and uh, tomato stem to make tomaco.
0: Ugh, gross.
1: Yeah, and they actually were so... The writers of The Simpsons were impressed. They invited the whole family out uh, to their offices and ate the fruit themselves just to see... When it was oh, like oh
2: ew ew i've had chewing tobacco before like one time oh. and it was like putting dirt in your mouth and i yacked.
0: Oh <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs>
2: <laughs> couldn't imagine trying to swallow oh. that uh. oh. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's that's the only one i really had no that's uh that's a classic episode and uh cj just so you know um i've seen that episode many times here in syndication in canada so up here it didn't get oh, banned so i'm really intrigued that lucky. it got banned down in the states yeah uh,
2: hold on let me see what let me see uh when it what it's exactly banned um
0: while he's doing that injury you got any more
1: no but i guess if we were sponsored by something this would be a good opportune time to say get a vpn so you can act like you're in canada so that things aren't blocked on the web. Uh, uh, But no, that's, that was the only of the ones I wanted to talk about, uh, specifically other than the uh, bonus episode uh, at the bottom of the hole. uh, That's the only ones I really uh, wanted to talk about.
0: Sweet. All right, Phil, the stage is
3: yours, man. All right, man. Um, I just have a question before I get started on this. After I go through the couple of predictions that we, uh, we glossed over. um, Do I have time to get into some of the background and crazy theories on Matt Groening, or should we save that for the bottom of the hole?
0: Nah, man, go for it.
3: Yeah, yeah, okay, because this may take me a few minutes, just so you know, but if you want to hear, that's cool with me. So, um, the first one, this one was unexpected to me because I was talking to my brother literally the day before we recorded this, and uh, the Simpsons have a personal favorite episode of mine, and that's the baseball episode where uh, Homer and Mr. Burns uh, recruit uh, all the major league all-stars for the uh, Power Plants baseball team. And uh, so this pre- this premiered in January of 1992, and I'm so happy CJ said way back that it takes about 10 months um, to draw on voice and release a Simpsons episode because there's an incident on this that made total sense. There's a joke that made total sense in January of 92, but when they were drawing this in spring of 91, nobody would have known about. So one of the baseball all-stars that appears is Don Mattingly from the Yankees. And he would have in the summer of 1991, a very public beef with owner George Steinbrenner and Steinbrenner basically didn't like Don Mattingly's mullet and wanted him to cut his hair and threatened to bench him if he didn't do so. And eventually, after a long public feud, Mattingly relented. And in the Simpsons episode, Mr. Burns says to Mattingly to cut his sideburns. And he's like, his sideburns aren't even log, but Burns keeps riding him. And then he comes back to the ballpark, and he has, like, the the whole sides of his head shaved. And Burns (laughs) is like, Mattingly, I told you to cut those sideburns. Get out of here. You're cut. You're benched. And then... (laughs) Adding league Mobiles to the Campbell, yeah, still easier to deal with than Steinbrenner. So I don't know how the voicing process goes for the Simpsons, but I'm wondering if this got voiced before the summer of 91, because those major league players would have been in in the middle of the season. So like that could be an odd prediction. Like they could have put this in the episode before it actually happened. But I mean, hard to say, but I think it's a funny one to point out.
0: Yeah, the MLB season goes all the way through October. Um, mm-hmm. So if they were, I mean, if they were to be down, I wonder if, I wonder if the Yankees made the postseason. And you said ninety two.
3: It was ninety one. I don't think they made the playoffs that year because this is before Derek Jeter and before they are really good. So.
2: So real quick, uh, in regards to the Tamako episode back in 2012, Mm uh, they, they introduced a, uh, a wide ranging law in order to protect children from being exposed to things that would develop their mental health and development. And apparently, uh, that's when, uh, certain episodes of certain shows could only be premiered or, or shown after 11 PM. However, the Tamako episode, which is titled E I E I O, um, was banned before this watershed came out due to its drug-related plot.
0: Hmm. Whoa.
2: So sometime, sometime in 2012 is when the episode itself was banned, at least here in the States.
0: And the Yankees did not make it in 99 or 91.
3: Mm. That was well after I stopped watching The Simpsons a lot in syndication, so it could have been yanked up here, and I may not have even known about it. So very fascinating. Yeah, so I got two more here. One is very absurd and lighthearted because it's it, it's a reach, but I think Pat McAfee talked about it on his show, and the other one's kind of hard-hitting. So here's the first one. I think we all remember the episode where Homer sues the all-you-can-eat buffet for kicking him out <laughs> when he wasn't done right. eating. And yeah. in... In 2017, a Massachusetts man gets kicked out of the Golden Corral for shoveling down nearly 50 pounds of food and would go on to sue the Golden Corral for $2 million. Now, this is kind of flimsy. I remember that. Really? Okay. Yes, I remember that. That was a big deal in my neighborhood. Okay, because this is very flimsy and happenstance, but wouldn't it be funny... If the Simpsons wrote this episode, knowing down the road in the future, somebody would actually do this at a famous chain buffet. I heard a
0: sort of urban legend about this, right? It was okay. definitely it was. It might have been just, you know, people talking shit about this. But I remember this as well. I heard that this guy had a beef going with the golden corral that he was going to regularly and he went in there one day and he said i'm gonna eat all their food and he went in there grabbed a plate when he was full he went into the bathroom threw up came back out filled up his plate filled up his his stomach again went back into the bathroom and kept throw, kept doing that and eventually went through about 50 pounds of food now that's just what i heard Back when this came out, I have no idea if that's true or not, but that's that's what I heard about this story.
2: You would be very, very bloody if you were doing this. Your your stomach uses hydrochloric acid to break your food down, and yeah. throwing it up like that would destroy your throat.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. That's just what I heard, man. No idea.
2: He would have been vomiting
0: blood Still.
2: early on, but well before the 50-pound. That's crazy. I mean, if you're yeah, pissed off yeah. enough, I guess you could do
0: it.
3: I don't know. Yeah, uh, it's 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 spite on a new level, but Jeremy and I could argue that Simpsons predicted it, right? So that's why I bring Simpsons it up. Did
0: it. Well,
2: we're also talking about the time period too where people started to get Sue happy over absolutely everything. That may, isn't that mm-hmm. right around the time period where that lady dumped McDonald's coffee on her lap and sued the no, hell out of
0: McDonald's. She didn't even that she didn't even dump it on her lap. She took a sip of it and burnt her tongue. Right, but like wasn't that, that, like, that the time period or whatever? Yeah, I think I I don't know. It could have been. What
3: year was that? Uh, I don't have the year. I want to say early to mid nineties, but I don't have the exact year with me. So,
2: yeah, but people were really like getting sue happy at that point. So maybe they were betting on the on the easy horse again and making something really. Good. That was only a matter of time before some fat fuck. Oh, I can't say that on the show.
0: Yeah, you can. can fucking a right. You can PC shit. Um, <laughs> I'm a fat fuck, so it's okay. I, want, um, I want you to beep that again. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so much i've been kicked out of a buffet me and a kid we hung out with uh named Seriously? twinkie him and yeah him twinkie. and i we went over to this tri- <laughs> yeah his name all right he we bet him he could not consume a box of twinkies in one sitting and he did it in about three minutes in a high school oh, class one day no. and he got the name oh. twinkie
0: oh bro um, i could eat a whole box of
2: twinkies he we did. were we were 15, bro. We were like, you can't do Don't that. And he was say, like, I bro. totally can. And he was like, yes, I but anyway, me and him were at a Chinese buffet for lunch, and we stayed. We got there right as lunch started, and we just ate and ate and ate. And it actually rolled over to dinner time. And they came over and they booted us out. They were like, you guys gotta go. <laughs> They cut us off from the meat. Eventually, they were like, "You no more meat. You can only have vegetables." And then they booted us. Wow! Like, <laughs>
0: wow! This guy's this guy's really still eating all the lima beans. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yo, I love vegetables, man. <laughs> listen, listen. It's a common mis- mis- uh, misconception that fat people don't like vegetables. We fucking love vegetables. Like, <laughs> 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 we just like to eat, bro. Like, all
0: right, Phil. I need to
3: hear this last one, man. Okay. Yeah, so uh, before I get into it, um, can one of you guys, and CJ will probably jump in on this one, can one of you guys define what exactly data mining is? Data mining,
0: okay. Oh, uh, I don't so know. So data mining is when you look at the code of a program, and you look for certain uh, hints and clues to upcoming features, or look look for what's going to be in the next... Uh, version of the development of that code. Oh, is, is that, that like there? when
2: they go into like a video game and they're like, hey, we found code for this feature that's not in the actual game and so we think it's gonna be in the next one. Is that is that that
0: sort of thing? When that when they said noob Sabot is definitely gonna be um DLC for uh MKX, right? And he never did, but he had there was code in there for him. Um go ahead. I was gonna say data mining is uh prevalent in
1: a lot of uh speed running uh, which is something newer where they actually use the code for a range of techniques of seeing like how to skip sections and modern day stuff data mining is to do cost cutting stuff or uh, reduce risk right because you're you're mining your own system to see what uh you can plug up right so no one else can mine and get into the same area yeah
3: You guys could be right, but this is a totally different definition than my understanding of data mining. So I'll just say mine real quick here. So what I understand it to be is, say, if you're talking about – and, you know, I'm just throwing this out there, Kentucky Fried Chicken, or you're texting your buddy about it, and then you go on Facebook and then you see nothing but Kentucky Fried Chicken ads or ads for fried chicken, my understanding of data mining is – based on your texting and browsing habits, um, companies will advertise directly to what you're searching or what you're talking about. Do you you follow me on that one? That's actually
2: kind of what I thought, uh, what, what I was under the impression of. So you and I are on the same page there.
3: Okay, good, good, yeah. But anyway, so... In the late 90s, once again, I don't have the exact season or the exact year. You guys all remember the episode where Bart takes Ritalin and then he literally puts on a tinfoil hat and becomes a conspiracy nut? Vaguely.
2: Yeah, I don't, okay. I don't really recall that one, to be honest.
3: Okay, it's uh, it's pretty out there. But anyway, um, Bart ends up uh, – I can't remember what he does, but he builds some weapon where he shoots a satellite out of the sky – that's apparently spying on all, everybody in Springfield. And before they get to that point, they're asking him, uh, who's spying on us? And he goes, who else? Major League Baseball. <laughs> so then he, like, shoots. Yeah, actually, I think Bart steals a tank. And then he shoots Major League Baseball satellite out of the sky. Yes. And he remembers it's a real thing. And then as soon as they're going to open up the satellite and find out what's going on, Mark McGuire shows up, who at the time was like the home run champion of the league, and arguably the game's most recognizable face. So then McGuire pulls out all the papers from the satellite and he says, do you want to know the terrifying truth as to why Major League Baseball is spying on everyone? Or do you want me to hit dingers? And then everybody's like, oh yeah, hit dingers. So then he hits home runs <laughs> and then everybody forgets about it. but it's revealed that Major League Baseball was collecting data on all the citizens of Springfield because they wanted to find out their hat and shirt size so they could sell them more Major League Baseball merchandise. And what do you do if you're talking about fried chicken and then all of a sudden it appears in your search engine or your social media? It's targeted data mining. And I am saying the Simpsons called it a good decade before social media became a prevalent thing. So that's the one prediction Damn. I have that nobody is talking about. Damn.
2: Nice. I got nothing. Bill, you win that one. <laughs> yes, yes.
3: Yeah, I haven't <laughs>
0: seen I, – I do remember that episode. I remember that the satellite had the MLB logo on it and everything. It was about – I do remember that episode.
3: There's a – sorry to interrupt you, but like there's a saying nowadays that goes – Money is not the new is not currency anymore. Data is the new currency because you know on the dark web, which is really scary, a lot of people's personal data and personal interests get bought and sold. And major corporations like to look at you, you know, your browser or your search engine to see what you're searching for, so they can pop up ads that are targeted to your interests. And where did we first see it as a conspiracy theory on The Simpsons?
0: Yeah, I said I said it in one of our episodes, or our episode we guessed it on another podcast. But the 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 number one currency in the entire world is intelligence, mm-hmm. and yeah. that that's exactly what you're talking about. It's intelligence. It all comes down to intel. So, absolutely, hundred percent agree with you. You said that on an episode we did with Jeff. Is that what I is that where we did it? Yeah, I was there for that episode when
2: you said that, or at least yeah. you said it one time. Um, yeah. we were we were talking with Jeff, and you and you brought
3: that up intelligence that is i just wanted to point out though that that clip i just talked about on all the videos that you can find of simpsons predicting the future that is not on a single one of them that i found
0: right on all right so anybody have anything else to add no
3: very quickly before you wrap jeremy do you want to hear my wild the wild matt matt greening theory i came across hell yeah man let's do it Okay, so here's some interesting stuff about Matt Groening. At first, I was a little disappointed that I really couldn't find a lot of fascinating info about him. But then, all of a sudden, I went down another turn, another rabbit hole, if you will, and I found this craziness. So He said it. Yes, yes, (laughs) and I love saying it. so. (laughs) So I started to wonder if Matt Groening just had crystal clear premonitions in his dreams and kept a good dream journal for some of this stuff to throw in the episodes or if one of the writers did, or I wondered if he knew like some high end psychic that none of us knew about. And, you know, he was splicing these predictions into the episodes just to mess with all of us. But um, here's a very fascinating thing. Uh, Are you guys familiar with the researcher, Nick Hinton? No. Okay. Okay. Well, he's, uh, he's an alternative, I guess, conspiracy researcher, and he's pretty fascinating. But anyway, um, this is a part from an article that was posted on a Nick Hinton's Twitter page in February of 2020, and it was rewritten for a website called peaked.com, P-E-A-K-D.com. And I'm just going to kind of quickly go through it quote-for-quote quote here because it's way easier than me trying to explain it because it gets pretty wild and <laughs> doesn't make a, lot of, a whole lot of sense if I try to do it. So this came from a man named Dr. Dan Burrish. And I'm sure by no coincidence, the photo they have of Dr. Burrish, he actually looks like a real-life Homer Simpson, which is just totally weird. <laughs> uh-huh. But anyway, here is... The bit from Nick Hinton's Twitter reposted on the website I just mentioned, quote, Dr. Dan Burrish in 2006 comes out and says he works for a secret organization formed by President Truman in 1947 to recover and investigate fallen alien spacecraft, part of Project Looking Glass. In his findings, there's a whole backstory I won't get into, so I'll keep it short. In his findings, ancient Egyptian knowledge was used in Project Looking Glass, and one of them was a small magic box known as the Yellow Cube. He says the Yellow Cube was used by world leaders to see what fate had in store for them. However, they discovered the future wasn't set in stone. They were shown many different possibilities. They attempted to use this knowledge to manipulate our timeline they can now see which future would be best for them and what needed to be done to get there. However, they also discovered a future where the whole world was nearly destroyed. They saw that and it was caused by technology from Project Looking Glass and immediately shut down thereafter. The yellow cube allegedly was thrown into the ocean near Antarctica or may not be on Earth anywhere anymore whatsoever being taken away by another intelligence. But here's where it gets strange. Matt Groening, creator of The Simpsons, a show notorious for predicting the future, said the inspiration behind the fictional town of Springfield was a real place in Oregon, his home state. Groening grew up there a couple of hours away from a town called Looking Glass, Oregon, which is connected to the project. And... Here's another interesting tidbit. Groening didn't say this publicly until April of 2012, where the origins of Springfield actually came from, okay? And the the publication he tells it to is the Smithsonian Magazine. The Smithsonian was established by James Smithson, who was a high-ranking Freemason, and it was his nephew's inheritance that funded the institute to be built in Washington, D.C. And it is also rumored that Groening is an alleged high-ranking Freemason, and hence we have the Simpsons episode of the Stonecutters, briefly based on them. And um, yeah, it's a weird synchronicity that the town Springfield, Oregon, which inspired the show and the entire Simpsons universe... Was about an hour down the highway from Project Loking Glass, which allegedly um, had the people involved come across this yellow cube. And if Graining is a high ranking Freemason, we could go down a whole different rabbit hole altogether, which we don't have time for. But yeah. what are your overall thoughts that Graining might have some ties to these organizations and may have had? viewings of this so called yellow cube. Is this uh is this connecting the dots in any way, shape, or form, or is this is this way too out there even for you guys to comprehend?
0: I feel like that's a really good point. I feel like I do I feel like it's it's what I was talking about before with the chronovisor. Uh I'm not gonna say nothing
1: <laughs> because uh, that that man. might be a, it it might be a family member. That's actually my last name. Mm. Uh, yeah, but like I, I'm not related to him. It's just we share the same last name.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, I feel like I feel like out of a lot of the stuff that we've we've gone over today, I feel like that's the most plausible argument for something esoteric in nature.
0: Interesting. All right. Well, we're gonna go ahead and cut it off right here. We're gonna we're gonna say goodbye to everybody that's not a patron and we're going to go ahead and meet you down at the bottom of the rabbit hole. Um, And before I do that, uh, Phil, go ahead and give out your show's information and
3: anything else that you have coming up for Unexplained Inc. Yes, thank you, Jeremy. Um, Thanks for having me again, guys. And uh, I know we've been at this a while, so I'll try and keep this quick. You can find Unexplained Incorporated on Facebook. It's the Friday Night Fright new episodes post Every Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We are on just about every single podcast platform there is, so there is no excuse not to find us. And uh, you can hit me up on Twitter at Phantom Phil3, Instagram, Unexplained Incorporated, as well as my own Instagram page, Phantom Phil Unexplained, underscores in between the words. And you can visit my website, which has links to the podcast blogs and all sorts of other fun stuff, thephantomhub.com. And um, at this point, we have um, a couple of interesting guests coming up uh, later on in June, including my first ever guest from the great nation of Scotland. And uh, there's a couple of spots open in the July uh, lineup, so... Also booking in August. So you can also hit me up at the email phantomphilunexplained at gmail.com if you're interested in coming on sharing a story in July or August. And that is it.
0: Phil, I just want to say thank you for coming on to Infinite Rabbit Hole again. It's always a pleasure to work with you. And I really look forward to all the stuff that we're going to do with the network, man.
3: Absolutely. Same to you. Thanks, guys.
1: Thank
0: you. (laughs) <laughs>
3: great Thanks, show. Man. Long show, but great show. <laughs> it was. It was
0: this was a good season premiere. Um all right. Anybody that's not a patron, we'll see you later. For those that are, we'll see you at the bottom of the rabbit hole. Hey everyone. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Infinite Rabbit Hole. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so at infinite at gmail.com. Follow us at facebook.com forward slash infinite rabbit hole. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash infinite rh follow us on instagram at infinite underscore rabbit underscore hole we're always looking for someone that has a story to share so if you feel like you've experienced a strange encounter with something that you can't explain reach out to us let us know come on have a good time tell your story and if for some reason you don't want to show up on a podcast send us a letter in our email in a format that we can read to the fans and we'll be more than happy to read it to everybody well that's all for this episode We'll see you next time down the Infinite Rabbit Hole.